first, we're going we're gonna to say more of that, Lord. That's what we're going to say first. Um, and more of that over there. For all of y'all. <laughs> more. presence more than anything. (laughs) There are times where I, (laughs) yes, Holy Spirit, we say yes, 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 yes. There are times where my heart is heavy and I I go to be with the Lord, and of course, you know, he doesn't need to show up because he's already there, but but once I'm aware of his presence, everything lifts, and honestly, I cannot tell you how many times I can't even remember what it was I was so upset about or uh, stressed about, so I I just pray that kind of presence over you, the peace of the Lord, his presence over you. And I'm, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, we do invite you right now. We invite you to, to take over, to touch our hearts in ways that only you can. God, I'm asking that as I, as I talk a little bit more about baptism, I'm asking that you, you would um, do something in our hearts that, that, to take us to that deeper place. Because I can't do that. That's, that's only a work you can do. I'm asking you to take us deeper and deeper. We heard so many people tonight when they were being baptized saying, I, I want to go deeper with the Lord. Holy Spirit, you're the only one. You're the one that takes us by the hand and takes us to the deep places. So we're inviting you to do that for us right now. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Let's see if this is working. It's not. Can you? It worked earlier. Is, uh, is Aaron around? Oh, yeah, but he did it. I didn't do it. I've lost all control. Did you just see? <laughs> the remote's not working. <laughs> so, aww. Isn't, isn't that just adorable? So if we weren't going there yet, could you go backwards? There we go. Well, I'm going to have to, if, if you can't get it working, I'll just have to point at you or something. Let me let me see. Now, okay. So, baptism. What's it all about? Because um, tonight I, I, want, I do want to just explain uh, a few things of what baptism is, what it's not. Um, I think some of you are going to ha- have some good surprises here tonight and things that will really encourage you. Um, I will actually... Oh, there, it did work. Thank you, Aaron. Awesome. So I'm going to start with my story. Um, so so there I am. And my point for putting me up there as a baby is because I was uh, baptized as a baby, as probably many of you in this room were. I was uh, grew up in the Presbyterian Church, so I was sprinkled, you know, a little bit of water on top. Which was good because you can see I had calyx back then, so the water puts it down. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I was sprinkled, and um, you, 
you may not believe this, but I don't even remember that. Um, I understand why why they do it. I actually was a Presbyterian pastor for a lot of years. Um, the, the whole thing is they're talking about the covenant relationship that that you're involved in the covenant because because your your parents and, and before them they like God looks upon that and smiles on that and says and it's the parents saying I want my child to be part of what I've known. So so the concept isn't bad, but let me just keep going for a minute. I truly met Jesus in junior high. I was actually at a Mount Hermon Christian camp, and um, and that's when I uh, first heard about Jesus, that, that there was, uh, somehow I grew up in the church without understanding that you could actually know Jesus personally, and and uh, that's when I first heard about that, and that's when I first accepted him into my life and said, yeah, Jesus, you you died for me. I want, I want this exchange. I want your life for mine, and um, a camp counselor led me to the Lord. I remember on my bunk bed, just feeling, literally, just feeling that this um, warmth of the Lord inside of me. Something really good was happening. And um, then in college, um, I really, I, uh, I kind of, um, as as many of us in this room have done, I strayed for a, a little while, for a couple of years, kind of forgetting who I was. And then in college, I was reminded of of who I was, and I was realizing that I was living a lie. I said I was a Christian, but I was doing whatever I wanted to do. And that's when I really embraced Jesus. I, I, I uh, was excited about him, wanted to, him to rule my life. And at that point, I was actually at a college, uh, uh, excuse me, in college, I was at a Baptist church. And that's where I was immersed, like you saw tonight, uh, in baptism. It was definitely a significant moment. Um, I, I'm sharing my story because probably like a lot of you, there, we all have these different parts of our story. And one of the questions ought to be, you know, why is, why is baptism even significant? And why is, is immersion significant? If we were baptized or sprinkled as a baby, is that good enough? Um, so in order to answer that question, I want to go back to what I said before about what baptism is and isn't. And I'm going to start with what it's not and, and then spend more time on what it is. Um, baptism is not, this is going to sound unusual to some of you because you're going to think this is exactly what baptism is. It's not a new start where everything is wiped clean so that you better never mess up again after this. I cannot tell you how many people have said, well, I really want to get baptized, but I'm, I'm afraid to. Well, why? Because then once I get that clean start, now I can't mess up anymore. Um, missing the whole point. Is baptism a new start? No, the new start is when you accepted Jesus. Baptism is something that the Lord wanted us to do. I'll talk more about that. But but as a significant uh, point in your life where you would know the decision you made to cry about Christ, that your old life is dead, your new life is is in Him, and that, and the old life doesn't exist anymore. One of the reasons why we've lost this, I'll tell you why, is because because the two really ought to be one. Like, in most cases, I wish this were true, like somehow through history we, we kind of got away from, like, uh, accepting Jesus was over here, and then we heard about baptism, or we went through a 12-week or a 16-week baptism class and, in order to be baptized, and we separated the two. But really... I, re- I truly believe the way the Lord designed this is is that you accept Him, 
and as quick as possible, that next minute if you can, you become baptized. I've told people this, and I will, I will deputize all of you in this room who, who already know Jesus. You could baptize people. There is nothing in Scripture. All it says is, hey, y'all, go and disciple nations and baptize them, all y'all, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So I'm telling you, if you're backpacking in Yosemite and you happen to be hiking along someone and you start telling them about Jesus and they get excited and want to accept him, and, then, and they do, and then you cross over a stream, that's your opportunity. Go for it. I'm, I'm 100% serious. I know some people in here might question that, but I'm, I'm, Jesus is the one who says you're, you're filled with him, you're, you have his permission, you have his authority to represent him. Do you not? Isn't that what he said? You're his ambassador. So, can, so you being Christ's ambassador, can you, can you baptize people? I say you can. Okay. So, that wasn't really the point. But the point was that it's, that's not what baptism is about. It's everything's wet clean, so you better not mess up. It's also not an act that saves you. Some, some Christians would say, if you're not baptized, you're not saved. You're not, you're not going to go to heaven. I can, I can actually kind of see where they would get this. Let me just put the scripture up for you. Mark 16, 16 says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. That's, that's their proof text right there. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Notice it didn't say whoever is not believed and baptized. Why is that significant? Because I'm telling you, like I just told you, the two are, if you could just see that believes and is baptized is kind of one word, if you could see it that way. Those who are believed and baptized, because that's what you do, you believe and you get baptized, you're, you're saved forever. Those who don't believe, you're condemned. I have a, a long teaching on this. I'm not going to go into it tonight. That that uh, God's judgment over you is is innocent. You're already declared innocent. That's when Jesus died two thousand years ago. The gavel came down. The judge said, "Here's my final verdict. You're innocent." Now, does that mean that all people are going to heaven? No. What it means is everyone is wanted and accepted and invited. Christ did the work for all. The only way we don't receive that verdict of not guilty is if we won't receive it, in which case we end up judging ourselves. And that's very scriptural. I could go through all the scriptures, but I'm, I'm just telling you in a, in a nutshell um, about, about my, you know, my understanding of the, of the good news of the gospel. Uh, so it's for all who believe. So what is baptism then, if it's not those things? Um, firstly, it's a total identification with Christ, your oneness with him. Baptism is saying, I, I am, I, the me that used to be here, Paul says, it's no longer I, but it's Christ who lives in me, right? So the me that used, the you that used to be you, guess what, that you ain't there anymore. There's a different you. It's a great you. I know there's a whole lot of similarities because, you know, personality and looks and all that kind of stuff. But there's a great change in you. And that is the Spirit has taken up residence forever in you. You are forever a new person. The Bible says that, that when you 
accept Jesus, when you believe and accept that he died for you and you take for yourself what he has done, that you're born again. A better definition of that is born from above. You're actually, it's a brand new birth. I know we hear it so much, we don't, sometimes the words don't really speak it, but but there was a brand, there's a brand new thing there that wasn't there before. That's, that's how miraculous salvation is. We just had these amazing testimonies tonight of all the great things God's doing. I love them, I love them, I love them. And still, the most miraculous testimony you're ever going to hear is somebody who did not know Jesus, and now they know Jesus. They've given their life to Him. They are brand spanking new. That old person is gone. There's a new person. Which is why baptism isn't about you trying, after baptism, about you trying to be, you know, sparkling clean for God or you're in trouble. No, you've forgotten something, and that is you're a new person now. That old person is gone, and, and, and every once in a while when you try to go visit some of these old things that you used to do that used to be fun for you, guess what? They're not going to be fun. You think they are. That's the deception. You go try it out, and you go, well, that wasn't very fun. Another way of saying this is that you're, you're, you're no good at sinning anymore. You're not because you can't, you can't even enjoy it anymore. What's the point? It, all it did is destroy your life and ruin your life anyway, right? But, but now you have the Holy Spirit living in you, and, and you, you can't go there and enjoy it. Because you're a new creation. And God said, he said some amazing things. Like in Philippians 1.7, he said, he said, what I started in you, what I have started in you, I'm going to finish in you. That's excellent news. That's excellent news because, because the only other alternative is clean yourself up for God. And it doesn't work. It, in fact, it's impossible. So what's left is, is that you identify yourself with Christ, a oneness with Him. Let me read Colossians. I love this new... Here's another new, new version. I'm always giving you guys new versions. I just found another one that I love. It's called The Voice. The Voice, New Testament. It's actually a translation. It's not a paraphrase. Listen to the... the this is, uh, if you want to turn your Bibles, please feel free. But Anne, I'm going to read this to you from The Voice. Colossians 2, 11 to 14. A couple weeks ago, I talked about the whole thing about circumcision. I'm not going to talk about it tonight, but just to say that there's the old covenant was about an external, physical thing. The new covenant is about God cutting out something that's internal, something that you never get back. Here it is. In Him, in Christ, you were also circumcised, set apart by a spiritual act performed without hands. The liberator, Jesus' circumcision, cut you off from the sinfulness of your flesh. Jesus, when you said yes to Jesus, he cut you off from the sinfulness of your flesh. Just let that one sink in a minute. All all you can do is agree. You you can't, all you can, this is a great wahoo, you know? Wahoo. Because... Because that's all you can do. He, he cut that out of you. That it's, it's absolutely astounding. It's nothing short of completely miraculous. 
And here is where it all happened. This is where your salvation began. You were buried with him beneath the waters of ceremonial washing or baptism. You were buried. Past tense. That old, that old guy, that old gal, dead with Jesus. And then you were raised up with him by faith in the resurrection power of God who brought him back from the dead. That means you're with him now in heaven. That's what Ephesians tells us. You've been raised with him. How, how is that? Honestly, I mean, I love talking about it, but honestly, it's pretty much a mystery how, how we can, our bodies can be here and yet, and yet our spirits are, are raised with Christ. But that's exactly what it says. Total identification with him. If we are one with him, where is he now? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Where are you now? Somehow you are also seated at the right hand of the Father, even though your physical body's right here. Ask me to explain that any better? I really can't, except that it's true. And it goes back and talks about your previous nature before you came to Christ. And when your flesh was still uncircumcised, meaning you still had that sin thing hanging around your neck, you were dead in your transgression. You were swathed in its sinful nature. That just sounds yucky. Because it, it is. It was God who brought us to life with the liberator, Jesus, who forgave us all of our sins and eliminated the massive debt we incurred by the law, meaning all the ways we broke the law, which is everybody in this room, the massive debt we incurred by the law that stood against us, he took it all away. He nailed it to the cross. Our, our biggest problem when we, as Christians, is we are not fully believing what Christ has done. It's done. It's done, it's done, it's done. Yeah, but Pastor Brandt, if you only saw, you know, when I, I struggle, you wouldn't say that I don't have a sin, a sin nature anymore. I'd say, no, no, you need to go back and ask the Lord what he says about you. You need to go back and ask what he says. Here's the honest truth. What you believe about yourself, you will actually live out. See, faith, faith is the currency of heaven. What you believe is honestly the way you're going to act. If you believe you're still a sinner, you're, you're actually uh, walking in the destiny that you've set before yourself. It's just not true. Paul wrote to the saints of Ephesus. He wrote to the saints of Philippi. He wrote to the saints who were all alive at the time when he wrote that. How could he call them all saints? See, that, isn't just, that word isn't just for a couple of people who lived amazing lives centuries ago. It's actually for every believer in Christ. You are a saint. Why? Well, because, because Christ lives in you. The, the, the light of Christ shines out of you. It's just the way it is. But the more you actually believe it, you, you will walk in that. This is the phrase. Some of you have heard me say it many times, but I haven't said it in a while. So if you haven't heard it, this, this is what I, what I know to be true. That to the degree that you believe who you already are in Christ, you will walk in what you already have. Let me say that again. To the degree that you believe who you already are in Christ, you will walk in 
which you already have, which is your full inheritance. That, that's, the, that's the good news of the gospel. We've, we've watered it down because we've been afraid that, no, that's too good. It's just too good if we say you can have it all because we're going to abuse it. I mean, that's kind of how we think. And the Lord says, no, I, just like he entrusted Judas, did Jesus know what kind of person Judas was? Yes, he did. Did he, did, he entrust, did he trust all 12 disciples? Yes, he did. And, and some people will say, well, see, if you entrust people with too much, that's what's going to happen. Well, that's, that's true. That could happen. But he also had 11 world changers who rocked the world. That's what happens. He's, he's a lover. He's a giver. He trusts us. That, that is amazing. Think about that one sometime in your time with the Lord. He actually trusts you before you deserve it, before you earn it. That's, that's wild. It's amazing. So immersion, the word baptized actually really, really um, means immersed. It means, baptismo, it means like pickled. It really does. So that, that word for baptized is the same thing when you're putting cucumbers in that juice. And they come out pickles. What happens? Well, they sit there and they take it in 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 and they take it in. They get immersed until their character and nature changes. And um, that's what's going on. We are, we are to be immersed in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it says right there, that which is immersed takes on the qualities of the substance into which it is immersed. Immerse yourself in Jesus. Just Holy Spirit. Father. Father, Father. Some of you, before you came to Blazing Fire, you knew Jesus. Some of you were filled with the Spirit. But but you came here and you got immersed in Papa's love. See that immersion has to do with all three parts of, of the Trinity. We need to, at different times, we're going to get immersed in different parts of who he is. But for some of us, if you haven't known Papa's love yet, ask him to immerse you. Just get immersed in Papa's love until it saturates you. Some of you have that. You need, you need to be immersed in Jesus or the Holy Spirit. But that's what baptism is. It's immersion. What else is it? It's an agreement that your old life, Ruled by an evil master called sin is over and done with for good. You have a new master, Jesus. Look how happy he is. He's good. And he grants you his freedom instead. That's what you gave up. Hmm. This old, I don't know, it's like kind of a toss-up. You know, which one do I want? This old yucky, miserly master called sin who's going to destroy me or Jesus who loves me and wants the best for me. That's a really tough one. Can you see Can you see why this is called good news? And can you see if we will present the good news to people, can you see that there's no choice really? When, when we when we go out on the streets and we start by telling people how awful they are. 
and how God's so sick and tired of him, he's about to blow the world up. And they don't want him. What's up with that? For years, for years, we have taught what I'm teaching you now. And, and some people who might be concerned, like, is this heresy? Um, doesn't God care about wickedness on the earth? Of course he does. There's a reason why he's, he's given us his Holy Spirit. I'm not, I'm not saying anything else. I'm not saying God doesn't care about sin. What I'm saying is, he is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He is all about love. And when we, what he's saying is, is, would you be my ambassadors? Would you reflect the love and the grace that I have for people? Would you bring them into my kingdom by showing them who I am? That's what Jesus did. He, and he didn't, to the people he could have gone up to and said, do you know your life's a total mess? Do you know that you're living in sin? He didn't do that. Look at, read the Gospels. He didn't do that. The only ones that, the only ones that he was a little fed up with were, were the religious ones that thought they knew God and had all the answers. And he says, no, you don't even know his heart. His disciples come along and say, Lord, there's, there's sin over there in that camp. Should we rain down fire on them? He says, stop it. You don't know what spirit you're of. Now, now think about that a minute. They had precedent to do that. Did not Elijah do that? Did not Elijah call down the fire? Do you understand? It wasn't like such an absurd thing that they were asking. They thought they were actually being, like, like you know, they were being good students. Hey, I remember this one. I remember this answer. I know. We'll call fire down on them. And Jesus says, no, you don't get it. I, I'm here to show you the Father's true heart. It is all about love. It's all about grace. It's all about forgiveness. It's about honoring people. It's about showing them the Father who loves them. Who doesn't want that? Everybody is looking for that. And the more we've done that in this church, we've gone out to the streets. We've gone to, we've gone to the craziest places. A lot of you know this. Some of you are newer. You don't. You've not heard these stories. We've gone out to the streets in Dublin. We've gone to the psychic fairs in San Francisco. We've gone to Burning Man in wherever that is. You're like, are you, and some of you are going, "Are you kidding me? Christians aren't supposed to be there." Tell me where Jesus would be. And here's the thing. The places we've gone, the psychic fairs, the, the Burning Man, year one, you get people coming and they're going, whoa, there's, you guys have this different aura about you. There's a different light here. What is that? And you know what happens? By year two, by year three, by year four, we become the place everybody's talking about. You've got to visit that place. If you don't visit any other spot while you're here, you've got to go to that place. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. And, it, and it's, it's his light that's showing. And, you know, do we talk about Jesus in those places? Of course we do. You know, we're not trying to hide Jesus. It's not like we don't mention the J word. He's, he's, he's the answer. But we also meet people where they're at. And we don't hit them over the head with things. And we don't tell them how awful they are. We say, come here, let's, let's tell you about what you're really seeking after. Let me give you some answers that you're really looking for. So, let's read this. Romans 6, 2-6. Where am I getting this? We died to sin. Okay, I'm jumping right in the middle of this. This is for those who are in Christ. 
you've accepted Christ. What's happened in here? Oh, this is what, exactly what Paul's explaining here. We have died to sin. Remember that circumcision thing? That sin nature was cut out. You've died to that. So how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? That's why it's so important going under that water. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You come up, you're brand spanking new. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So there it is. This is what baptism is. There's one more thing baptism is. It's an agreement that you are perfectly cleansed by Jesus who has given you direct access to God's throne room. That right there is a picture of a mikvah. That's a little, that's a little cleansing, uh, ceremonial cleansing pool. That I actually, uh, when I was in Jerusalem, I, I went to one of those places and saw one of those. There, there's a bunch of them just outside the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. What are they there for? They're actually not there for people to bathe, as in to get clean. This is actually a ceremonial washing. Many religions today still do this. Uh, not Christianity, but, but many religions, every time you're going to a holy place, you go and there's a ceremonial cleansing place for you to get cleansed. God, God showed me when I was there in Jerusalem. He said, see, every, time they, every year when they came to, to offer their sacrifices, they had to make sure they were right with God. So this was one of the things that they did. They, they cleansed themselves in the ceremonial cleansing as, a, as again, a way of just symbol, symbolically showing, okay, I can, I can go meet with God now. And the Lord showed me when I was there. He said, Jesus did this once and for all for you. You always have access to the Holy of Holies. You will never again have to go to this place, ever. That's good news. That's really good news. <laughs> Zechariah 13.1. Oh, here we go. On that day, so this is Old Testament prophet, Old Covenant, looking forward to the day of Jesus. And so he's looking ahead in the spirit and he says, oh, on that day, a fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. He's pointing forward to a day when Jesus would come. That promise is still alive, I will tell you. It's still alive to the house of Israel. It's still alive. It's coming. For all those who don't know him yet, it's still coming. But for us who know him, it's now. I was just talking with Jonathan earlier today. All God's promises are yes and amen in Christ. All of them, Hebrews 4 says, are for today. His promises, the goodness of God, is for today. You get it now. If you want it now. If you believe it's for now. Otherwise, you're going to always be waiting for another day. Hebrews 10 19 to 22, 
says, we then have complete confidence. Complete confidence. That, that's like bordering on arrogance, except it's not. To know that you know, that you know, that you know, that through the blood of Jesus, you can enter the sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, by a new way which he, Jesus, has opened for us, a living opening through the curtain, that is to say, his own body, his flesh. Jesus did it for us. And we have the high priest over all the sanctuary of God. So as we go in, into where? The Holy of Holies. You mean you get to go there? Yes, you do. If you want to. So as we go in, let us be sincere in heart and filled with faith, our hearts sprinkled and free from any trace of bad conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It's taking that which, which the Jews for centuries did, and the author of Hebrews is saying, and that which Jesus did for you, did that forever for you. You don't have to go back and cleanse yourself over and over to enter into the Lord's presence. Is, uh, let me just ask this, because I, I know some of you are thinking this, so does that mean we don't have to ask for forgiveness? Because some will say, well, you can't enter God's presence unless you, you know, if something's wrong, if you haven't asked for forgiveness. Let me tell you, first of all, you and Jesus, in case you haven't heard this yet, you're one. <laughs> so to say that you can't be in his presence if you haven't asked for forgiveness yet just doesn't work. Because he's already in you. So how do you theologically, you know, you've got to think about this for a minute. So what does it mean? I will, tell you, I will tell you what it means. It means that you're in relationship with someone who has picked you out, who wants to be with you, who will never leave you ever again. When you do things that hurt someone that you really love, it is absolutely 100% appropriate to say, I am so sorry that I hurt you. That's what you do in a love relationship. Because you don't want to hurt the one you love. So when you do that, it's absolutely appropriate to say, I'm so sorry. But I will tell you this. Some of you may not believe me when I first say this, but just, just ponder this. You are not forgiven. For, for you who have already accepted Christ, you're already one with Him. And you, you've fallen. You've forgotten who you are. You, you do something that's clearly not right, not who you are. You are not forgiven because you asked for forgiveness. Because the minute you accepted Christ, you were forgiven past, present, and future for the rest of your life. You, you're one with Him. You will never be on one with Him. So, I, I understand that. Believe me, believe me, believe me. I taught the other way for a lot of years. I, I'm just telling you what the truth is. I'm telling you what the Scriptures say. I, I really am. I could pull out Scripture after Scripture, but I'm just telling you. Once, Paul says it over and over, once and for all. And he says you're justified, which means you've already been tried and found not guilty. You've been acquitted. There's another word Paul uses. That means there's, there's no evidence against you, so it was thrown out of court. How many, how many pictures do you need? 
before you before you see this that that if you aren't forgiven because you ask for forgiveness once you are one with Christ you're 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 already forgiven but it's appropriate to say to the one you love I'm so sorry that I hurt your heart very appropriate I hope that makes sense for some of you if you didn't quite agree with that that's okay I'm just ask I'm just asking you to let uh, the Lord uh, cause you just to think about that a little bit um, and let me see, I have one, oh, Galatians 3, I don't have it up there, uh, Galatians 3, 26 and 27, it says, you are all sons of God and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Actually, I think it's the next slide. Let me, let me go there. There we go. That's not me. But that baby's looking up at his papa with a whole lot of love. And that, that, that's each one of you. So what is baptism? It's agreement that as his favorite child, you can jump into your papa's arms any time you want to without fear. That's what we're saying in baptism. We're agreeing. This is my status now. Here's Galatians 3, 26 and 27. Oops. There we go. Let me go back to that one. Um, which says, You are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. When Jesus came out of the water, and I'll just go to that slide. When he came out of the water, here comes the Spirit descending on him, but also the voice of God that says, this is my beloved son in whom I am so pleased. And some of you might say, well, yeah, that's for Jesus, but I don't know about me. You are clothed with Christ. You are his beloved. You, you, are, you are Papa's favorite just so long as you believe it. You really are. You're his favored one. But it requires that you actually believe that in order to receive all the benefits of being his favored one. But there's something about, about that. I mean, why was it that Jesus, out of the baptismal waters, he was not baptized for the remission of sins, was he? What sin had he committed? Only person in history ever as a human being who perfectly kept the law. So he was not being baptized for the remission of his sins. He, he was being ushered into a new place. First of all, as just that awareness for everybody else. I know Jesus already knew this, but everybody else to know, this is my boy. I'm in love with him. And that's what he says about each one of you. This, this is my boy. This is my girl. I'm so in love. But also, there was that um, the, the Spirit coming upon him. And so baptism is also entrance into a life ruled by the Spirit of God where anything is possible. So that's why Paul, that's why Paul says... It's, it says there's a, there's a new 
a new thing in operation, a new spirit. It's the spirit of Christ. It's the spirit of God in you. It's no longer you. It's no longer you. It's the spirit of God in and through you, which means there are no limitations for you. There are none. I know we got a lot of them in here, but they are they are true. The Lord says there are no limitations for you. Acts 2.38. Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Again, repent and be baptized. Just see it as one word. You know what I'm saying? Believe and be baptized. Turn around. Repent means turn around. You were doing your own thing without God. Turn around. You need Jesus. Be baptized while you're at it for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, here we go. I just want to ask a question. Because I don't want to make the assumption that everybody in this room has made this, this choice. But here, I already gave you the choice. I told you how pretty simple it was. But do you want to trade in your old life of mistakes and regrets and mess for Jesus' life of righteousness, for his perfection? That's the trade. That's the trade. Do you want it? Do you want it? Uh, everybody go ahead and stand up. Please. I'm going to say this, that, that if, there is, if there's anyone in this room who says, well, I've heard about Jesus, I, I, maybe I know him, maybe I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, if you're standing on the fence, you don't need to stand on the fence. Come on into the river. The fence is no fun. It's just not a fun place to be. And so this is this is honestly what I want to say to you. If you want to make if if you're still wondering, am I on the fence about Jesus? Honestly, tonight ought to be your last night of ever being on that fence. You just don't need to be there. But to make it real for you, I'm going to give you an invitation to come on up because to publicly say I'm ready, I'm off the fence, I'm all in with Jesus will forever change your life. So if that's you and you want to do that tonight, would you come up here right now? Just come on up to the front. Come on up. Awesome. Anyone else? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I'll pray for you in a minute. Anyone else? I, I really, honestly, that's so great that you have the courage to do that. Jesus is just, like, thrilled. Anyone else, please don't stay on the fence tonight. Get, jump in. Jump in with both feet to what you've always longed for. A Father who loves you, a Savior who died for you, the Holy Spirit to live in you and do for you what you can't do for yourself. Come on. It doesn't get any better than that. So if you have not signed up for that, if you have not said yes to that, come up here right now. Is there anyone else?